0: Hello everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host as always, that guy named John. You can subscribe to the podcast on any podcast platform of your choice. Be that Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere you can find it. Subscribe to those, rate, review, and like it. As well as follow the podcast on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at About. To review and also youtube.com slash review. If you want to support the show and buy some merchandise, that would be great. Threadless.com slash review. and also go to the website abouttoreview.com, click the support tab, give a dollar, that would be fantastic. On today's episode, back in the studio, back in the flesh. Yes, in the flesh. Uh, and not over a Skype call <laughs> when he is tired. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Welcoming back is Tim Hall, the People's Critic. Hey, good to be back. Sorry, my voice is a little... I like how i say like in the flesh when he is not tired and then he's like actually i'm sick <laughs> yeah
1: i'm i'm fine the end of of a call so yeah all
0: that's right it that's what it is the sacrifices you make to be here are very well that's what i do i make sacrifices i mean i yeah. appreciate it uh nobody nobody hears that enough yeah so <laughs> all right. you are appreciated
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you i appreciate it uh
0: all right so on today's episode we're going to Go through a few, episode, a few episodes, a few episodes, a few episodes. Jesus. Oh, so also disclaimer right at the top. Yeah. I I mean, I apologize, I guess I should not apologize. Don't apologize. I will stop the session right there. Don't apologize okay. for anything. The episode last week was super long. I appreciate that that people powered through it. Uh, there were, there was a lot to get through. Uh, I got some good feedback online from some of the listeners who, like I've mentioned before, who kind of live tweet the episode and they send me messages as they're listening. So thank you everybody for always listening, but especially last week when there was like a three hour regular episode and also an about to interview episode on Friday. So I just, I'm doing trying to do as much as I can. Uh, But yeah, it gets, it gets kind of crazy. So thank you all of the listeners for, for getting through that. That was not an apology. Not an apology. Uh, There was an asterisk at the end. (laughs) Don't don't apologize. Uh, So on this episode, we're going to talk about just four movies, uh, one of which we already talked about. So first is The Darkest, or not The Darkest Hour. I got corrected by the studio rep. Just Darkest Hour. Just Darkest Hour. Then Molly's Game. A little bit more on The Last Jedi, now that we have had some time to process it. Mm -hmm. And then finally, The Greatest Showman. Okay. Before we get to any of that, we have to get to the amazing original theme song created by Damien Randall at L Media, who also does all of the audio editing. Shout out to Damien. Shout out to Damien, and on to the show. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. I need I definitely need to thank him more like in the beginning because I also have to record a different part of the end. But yeah. Damon is awesome. Uh good he good has good. been doing all of the audio editing of these episodes for the past couple of weeks. So yeah. yeah. Well, Great friend of the show. You can and check
1: him out on the Nerd Podcast mm-hmm. and from Houston with from Love. From Houston with Love. <laughs> <Just>
0: hilarious. <laughs> every week. every, every week it it's gets funny every it gets week. more and more ridiculous. Yes. The, the more we get to know the I was going to say characters. The more we get to know the people behind the From Houston With Love. We know Damien and we have known him for years. Yeah. Getting to know his really good friends uh, has been quite the journey. Yes. So Hearing them read problematic rap lyrics last week was really oh, That was rough. Yeah. And again, so <laughs> shout out to Jess, part yeah. of the Curly Nerd podcast where all four of us talk every day mm-hmm. in, in a group text. Jess was like, it's weird to hear Damien spouting these pretty vile lyrics but when reading them. Even uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> read, just reading them straight up uh, because yeah, anybody who listens to the Colonel nerd podcast, oh, that is a different side of Damien. Yeah. We um, yeah, are yeah. the, the questionable rap lyrics episode of from Houston with love was, yeah. I had forgotten about some of them, and I'd never heard of some of them. Oh, no. No. Pandora will remind you. She's <laughs> like, oh, wow. I remember that song. Yeah. He said that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Shout out to, to Damien and Jess and the From Houston with Love crew. All right. So, right off the top, Tim, how about you? Now, oh, I know. I was going to throw it to you, and then I forgot. I, I, can, I, can, <laughs> I, like,
1: I can tell you it's a movie that people like. And how about got, you
0: talking about Darkest Hour that you did not see? I did
1: not see The Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour, not Darkest Hour.
0: So... Uh I will talk about Darkest Hour. Yes. Uh which is the latest film by Joe Wright. Joe Wright has done a bunch of movies that I have not watched and when I did watch them I was kind of bored. Like Atonement mm-hmm. and Pride and Prejudice like those kind of sweeping grand historical epics. Right. That just were not they're just not my speed. Mm-hmm. Uh with Darkest Hour this takes place in, in and around kind of 1939, 1940, early days of World War II. And Gary Oldman plays Winston Churchill in the performance that in Gary Oldman's crazy wide career, what? this is one that stands out over almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Gary Oldman has, for some reason, slipped under the radar <laughs> for a long time. Like he is a chameleon. Really? He does so many roles. Yeah, I don't think he's slipped under the radar. Well, okay, unfortunately not not slipped under the radar, uh underappreciated. Like he does some incredible roles and just for whatever reason never really gets as much recognition as some of his peers. Who would you think who would you put in his same sort of like peer Sam Rockwell. And, and I Gary think Gary Oldman's in his in his peer group. Oh, oh. Well, in his in his peer group, I was mainly thinking of people <laughs> who have also given great performances at never really get as much accolades. Mm -hmm. And this year we have Sam Rockwell and Gary Oldman who are giving performances that people are finally seeing and being like, Oh, these guys are actually really, really good. Mm -hmm. So Gary Oldman just disappears Mm -hmm. into his portrayal of Winston Churchill Mm -hmm. world war two history. Not my biggest strong suit, mainly because as I've talked about before, I just am not a fan of 20th century, war movies mm-hmm. slash 20th century warfare. Right. This was an amazing film in that it talks about World War II. As it is happening, you do not see any Nazis. Mm-hmm. You do not really see, and you see like one battle scene, but it mainly is like people in a bunker mm-hmm. um, at Calais, which is next to Dunkirk. So that was impressive to me because I, I just do not like modern war movies. Mm-hmm. This one, the battlefields took place in Parliament mm-hmm. and not on the beaches. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting switch because being someone who does not have a wide breadth of breadth of knowledge with World War II history, it was cool to see kind of the backstory. Mm-hmm. Somebody like Dr. Andy, who has researched all of those things for decades, he probably knew all of the stuff that was happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Right. So that was really cool to kind of get into... That space the women in this movie are unfortunately kind of few and far between but you also have to think about 1940 <laughs> yeah you know that was just kind of reality uh, but the two main women who are in this um, Lily James yes and Kristen Scott Thomas yeah so Lily James. I kinda had to look some of her stuff up also because she, she is one of those people that looks really familiar. You've seen her in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and actually I'm gonna pull her up again because when I was doing this, I was like, what do I know her from? And then there was one Cinderella, that Cinderella, like, right? That was the thing, because I, I she has that face yeah. that as soon as you see it, you she know you- Cinderella? She was in uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies or- Yeah, Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So she's been in a few things. It just, it always takes me a second to yeah. be like, how do I know her? Uh, but Kristen Scott Thomas, I mean, yeah, has been in everything. So Lily James plays his secretary, Elizabeth Layton, who had this really cantankerous relationship with, because Churchill apparently, apparently not very nice all the time. Oh, I could see that. Pretty mean yeah. and just very direct. Yeah. So she plays the, the secretary that becomes kind of a, a confidant. And she stayed actually with him in reality for a long time as a secretary. She has really great moments, but just not enough, like there, there's just not enough material. And I get it, it is about Churchill. But when you have her having these great moments, I wanted more of that. Just kind of round out the story so it's not just a bunch of dudes in the war council shouting but what, I mean, about But Hitler. what is
1: the movie about? Like, what, are they, what is the movie, like, what is the, so, is it about this parliament push and pull? Is well, it mainly, is about yes. how the parliament is affecting the war? Is it about, Churchill specifically and what's happening with
0: through the lens of what he's going through. So this is before Churchill became prime minister. So it is the kind of the machinations that happen to get him to that position. That is not a spoiler. It is history. But yeah, I mean, when the previous prime minister was stepping down, there was all of this talk of who was going to take over next, who was qualified. Nobody wanted Churchill or at least one major faction of parliament did not want Churchill. They wanted a guy who had more experience was more military minded yeah and churchill was, was not that guy he has actually had a couple military failures mm-hmm. in the past so it is about kind of his track okay. to, to the prime minister position mm-hmm. so and it kind of wraps around another film that came out this year that is getting a bunch of accolades which is dunkirk right. these two things were happening at the same time mm. so when we watched dunkirk earlier this year it, it was a really impressive movie, but with me not having that historical context, not really knowing much about Dunkirk itself, when you hear the famous Churchill speech, we will fight them on the beaches mm-hmm. and blah, blah. That was my Churchill. Yeah. It sounds th- like, sounds like <laughs> Hitler, but sure. <laughs> sure. Go ahead. I Churchill. disagree. I thought it was Gary Oldman yeah. in here just now. Yeah. So now I kind of, now I get, this is basically Dark Star is the prequel to Dunkirk almost, or like kind of that, the overlap. It, the over yeah, for sure it overlaps because Churchill was the one who was like, Why are they stranded there? We have three hundred thousand soldiers stranded at the on the beaches of Dunkirk. How are we going to get them home? And the opposition he faced with people are like, It's a lost cause. And he was like, There are three hundred thousand of our soldiers. So that it was just it was fascinating to learn more about it. Because mm-hmm. to me, it reminded me more of the things about war that I like to see, which is almost more of the documentaries mm-hmm. <laughs> and the behind the scenes. I do not need to see battle. We get it. Like we have seen the storming the beaches at Normandy a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Trench warfare, seen it. I Yeah, we know what war looks like. Right. So, uh, but yeah, so Oldman gives just the performance. I, I hate to say that cliche thing, like performance of his career. He gives a hell of a performance okay. and he definitely is in some conversations. Uh, we recently conducted our Seattle Film Critics Society Awards. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we were not able to see this before, or a lot of the members were not able okay. to see this before awards. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think if they had been, there, there might have been some different choices. You think people would have put Altman in? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really do. Uh, the production design was was great. So it just is weird. like The timing of it, it might not get any of our awards. Actually, it will not, because I don't think it was nominated. But it will be in the conversation. No, I know some people saw it before our nomination. A couple people, yeah. yeah. Just I I just don't think enough people. because uh, I know that at our screening, when we finally had it, I was sitting there talking to some of the other critics, and we were like, hmm, that's kind of too bad that we already cast our ballots. Yeah. yeah. So uh yeah. yeah. So it was pretty solid. Uh, I liked the the tone, the pacing. Mm-hmm. It moved pretty quickly through those historical moments. And of course it culminates in his, in his speech. Right. Uh, but yeah, so that was darkest hour, not the darkest hour, darkest hour. Yeah. Uh, since I'm the only one who saw it, yes. I will give it a rating. The rating system for the podcast. This is your first time listening. Three choices, good, bad, or ugly. The basic breakdown is a good choice, a good film. In this case, <laughs> something you would recommend to a friend. You really enjoyed, you learned something you wanted to learn more. Mm-hmm. A bad film, not the best film. It was just something that was just a movie. Mm-hmm. You might not rush out or tell your friends to rush out and go see it. Mm-hmm. Ugly film, avoid at all costs. Darkest Hour, starring Gary Oldman, Lily James, and Kristen Scott Thomas, directed by Joe Wright. It uh, gets a good for me, which for a war movie, in my opinion, actually is, is impressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it just it was not about the battlefield on the ground. It was about the battlefield, the politics, and I didn't know everybody. you didn't like war movies. I just, <gasps> 20th century Dude. war movies, I just really. You like futuristic war movies? I like futuristic, and I like past. The, what, are you, what are you talking about? The 20th century How war movies? The, 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 <laughs> were, you, were you living during World War II? I don't want to talk about it. Uh, it's the past. <laughs> <What> <laughs> you, like past, what are you talking about? So I'm talking when about. When you say past, like what, okay, what so, specifically,
1: what's the first thing that pops in your head when you say, this is a, a movie about a
0: past war that I'm okay with. I mean, if I really want to go, I mean, 300. Be, no, I'll be honest. Like, what's um, the first movie that pops in your head? Movies like 300 or Gladiator or like ancient past, not necessarily 20th and even 19th century. Uh, Civil War stuff. Again, I, I have watched a lot of it. It's just something about modern, how I say modern, like 20th century warfare. Mm-hmm. Where the generals, back in the day, your general was at the front of the lines with you. He was right there. Okay. As war has gone on, the generals and the people making the, the decisions get further and further away. Okay. So when you have people you know, making gonna, Is decis- this going to change in the future? What was that? Is th- this going to change in the future? No. no well, that is like the new, <laughs> the new Top Gun movie, which I am super excited about. You are not going to have those same type of aerial battles that you had in the first one. It is going to be drones. That disconnect? There's that, not going to be drones. Oh, definitely there are going to be drones. There will in, be drones in it. I don't too. think there's going to be drones. I think it is going to be a lot of drone pilots and not very many fighter pilots.
1: Top Gun is, with drone pilots is not going to work.
0: I know. I have a bad feeling that it's going to happen. What
1: studio greenlights that? A Top Gun remake
0: <laughs> with drone pilots. No one's doing that. But that is where the future is going. Yeah, but you can still do so. a Top Gun movie that oh, I know. fighter pilots. Yeah. If, you're, if they're in F-22 Raptors. Like, I don't think
1: that you're being way too specific. I know. You're overthinking this entirely too much. (laughs) There's probably drones in the movie. Mm -hmm. And there'll probably be airplane aerial fights in the Mm -hmm. movie because it's Top Gun. Yeah. Had it been another movie, probably not. But it's not Top Gun if there aren't people in planes. Yeah. It's not not Top Gun. It's another movie. I I, I totally agree. Uh, But there's no way a studio does that without people. People would be like, I'm not watching this. Everyone. Mm -hmm. Why would you pour money into
0: that? I think I think it is. You you honestly think this new
1: Top Gun movie isn't going to be planes? It's going to be drones. You're think,
0: saying this on wax. I'm gonna make, make sure, make, I, sure <laughs> make sure you're aware you're recording
1: this. So your theory is this new Top. I want to make sure I'm hearing okay,
0: you. Okay. Yep. This uh-huh. new Top Gun movie uh-huh. is not going to be people in planes. It's going to be people piloting drones. I think there will be a split, and I do not think that split is going to be 50 okay. I think I think there are going to be way more drone things because if you look at Miramar Flight Academy, which is the basis for Top Gun, yeah. A lot of those pilots, like, yes, they are still flying F-22 Raptors and newer planes. A lot of stuff, a lot of naval flight is going the direction of drones. So I think it is going to be... We know that to be true in the real world. You're right. (laughs) We're talking about a movie. And
1: this is what you think is going to happen in the
0: movie. I think it is going to be like a 60-40 split in the favor of drones. Why would you think that? I just, I have a bad feeling. That's a weird thing to to graph That is odd. Because why would you do that? Yeah. Uh, but the main thing with like 20th century war movies, it just like was Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, it's just way too real. Like when when there are still people around who went yeah. through that. Like all the movies having to do with Afghanistan, all the video games having to do with the Middle East. Like yeah. it is too real, uh, and I think that is what what bothers me. It feels too much like something is happening. Exactly. Well, especially with some of the games, like all oh, the Ghost Recon games. Yeah. Uh-uh. I remember when the first started. I. I just I Rainbow really six all that yeah I just yeah. do not like them because I'm like that is happening right now if you give me Assassin's Creed yeah. some of the games are better than others but I was like cool that was in the past so anyway my official rating for darkest hour yeah is, is good it's good uh, this is one that I would recommend to other people like myself who might not like war movies because there is not that in you want to watch a war movie without war pretty much I mean like Jess and I you know we've talked about it before all the blood and gut stuff, mm-hmm. I can handle it in certain things. Something about war movies, right. I just do not need to see it. Yeah. So, I got you.
1: It's not for everybody.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right. So moving on to Molly's Game. Molly's Game. Which you did see. I did. I did see Molly's Game.
1: Uh, tell us about Molly's Game. Molly's Game is the true story, based on a true story, about mm-hmm. this young woman named Molly who started uh, running a poker game in LA that then transitioned to New York. Uh, a lot of Big name clientele, mm-hmm. um, and she gets in trouble two two years after her game ends. Oh yeah, uh, the FBI probe leads to her arrest, and so the movie takes place. It's her and her attorney, essentially played by Idris Elba, and uh, Molly's played by Jessica Chastain, mm-hmm. and she's going through this trial, and they're they're prepping for it, and as she's prepping for this trial, this what's going to happen they're doing flashbacks as to how she got to this point. right? So you're getting these little flashback pieces of her life and you realize she was like an ex-Olympic athlete and Mm -hmm. she moved to LA and then worked for this terrible boss and then (laughs) ended up hosting his game and then running a game
0: and then, you know, of course, things don't go as planned. But yeah. 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 So, yeah, and this was one where I was really excited about this one because it has to do with poker. Yes. Some good Uh, poker stuff in here. There is some actually pretty yeah some pretty good poker stuff me i just i wanted more poker stuff uh in the studio it's not a poker movie <laughs> i know that is what i had to keep reminding myself it's not a poker movie in the studio where we're recording we record on a poker table yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love poker yes uh there was a time in my life when it was my only source of income yes so i i, I loved those poker elements watching this film the first 10 15 minutes when they were really going through all with poker stuff like my chest started to hurt Mm -hmm. Like, my my heartbeat started getting faster because I I, I just really wanted to play. So that was cool that it hooked you right in the beginning or hooked me right in the beginning. And then it goes on to the story. Now, when it comes to the story, so this is a screenplay and directed by Aaron Sorkin. His first ever movie. What did you think (laughs) of that? And were you an Aaron Sorkin fan before this? I'm an Aaron Sorkin fan. I mean, I grew up watching this
1: stuff. So, yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought, you know, it's a very much... Um it's pretty simple movie, very mm-hmm. minimalist the way it's done. It's not a lot of big set pieces, not a lot of big anything. Essentially yep. hotel rooms, people,
0: attorney's offices, court. Rooms. I think the biggest set pieces are like the skiing. The Olympics stuff. at the beginning, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's and it. they probably shot that in a day. Yeah. <laughs> they probably shot all that in a day.
1: Um but no, it was good. I thought it was for what it was, I thought it was it was solid. Because I wanted to know it focuses more on Molly and, and her journey. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. It
0: didn't there was not a love interest. There wasn't any of that. That was something that I I did enjoy also. None because with so many of these movies, even if it is not even if it is based on a real thing, mm-hmm. they frequently will throw in something to kind of hook people and to give them that sentimental yeah. attachment. Mm-hmm. Not really
1: needed. It was all about the relationship with her dad, played by Kevin Costner, the mm-hmm. relationship with
0: her attorney, and the relationship with her clients. Yeah. With Kevin Costner, (laughs) Kevin Costner is is fine. He's good. I feel like he is at the point, though. I mean, he is in this movie total for 20 minutes. Maybe, yeah. And I I will not say that he phoned it in, because when he is in there, it is solid. Uh Except for one scene at the end that a lot of people are just pulling apart. Uh, The ice skating scene. Wow. That makes no sense whatsoever. No, it makes sense to me. How did he just show up? Uh, What do you mean, how did he show up? So she goes, part of the movie, she goes to an ice rink to kind of clear her head or mm-hmm. whatever. And he just rolls up.
1: Yeah. How? He. That's his daughter. What are you talking about?
0: He did not know where she was. How do you know like that? Now it, and the, just the conversation that they had, yeah. there was, it was like in any sports movie. Right. Where the coach shows up again and gives him some advice. And this one, it, just, it felt tonally... Different. Well, they needed some reconciliation, and that was that's it. Yeah, I mean, they definitely layered that from the beginning, with they her dad being her her skiing coach, and not really caring that that is his daughter. Mm-hmm. He was mainly he he was her coach first, mm-hmm. and father second, maybe third. Not even just
1: the coach first. Like everything, the whole dynamic in the household.
0: Yeah, when you, when you learn
1: more about what happened between. Her parents, like you, realize why the relationship is the way it is, mm-hmm. and it was more the reconciliation of that and sort of how she viewed him. You know, that was what that scene was about. So I didn't, I didn't mind. I thought it was like okay, of course.
0: I just thought it was tonally, it <clears throat> was a little bit weird. Uh, Idris Elba, yeah, was solid. He's good as always. Like he's good. He is somebody else. Where what do you think it will take for not the smaller critics groups, and I'm including ourselves in that. Mm-hmm. What do you think it will take for the Oscars and the bigger ones to really pay attention to him? People do. I just think he hasn't had the project yet. What type of
1: project do you think? Mm -hmm. It'll be something he'll have to create on his own. You think so? Or or something specifically for him. Yeah.
0: Interesting. I wonder. So Mm. it's that. I mean, maybe it will be a a historical piece. Will it be a
1: fiction? It won't be a historical fiction. No, it'll be an original. Interesting. It'll be an original, something original that he does
0: that allows him to sort of be himself. Because he is one of those guys where, like, he can do action, he can do drama, he can do so many things where it is like, what will it take for that one thing to kind of, you know, push his profile up? Because everybody knows he is an A list star, flat star, out. Yeah. But <laughs> it'll, it, you never know. Yeah. It's hard to predict because
1: you, you never know what's going to catch. You never know what's going to be the thing that he, the product he picks that somehow
0: catches fire. Like, you know, I mean, Luther definitely put him in front of a lot more people like Luther. That gave him a lot more eyes who had was not Luther. I think for a lot of Americans, really Luther, not yeah. the wire. I think certain people, the everyone, wire, the everyone, wire. Everyone Luth- the wire. Uh, yes, I, I totally agree. <laughs> what, the a, wire? a lot of people watch the Wire. I think with Luther, because that was still off of like Sherlock. And I think people were kind of getting more into BBC things. Americans, we're getting more into BBC things, but The Wire. I mean, yeah, of course he saw The, on the wire. wire. It was The Wire. Yeah. I don't know if it was
1: Luke. I think definitely The Wire. I think, and also not only was it like this first run of The Wire, I think it's the second run of The Wire where you're mm. getting more younger people watching the show where you're getting more reference to it in music. You're getting more reference. You've seen these other people from The Wire show up in other things, and people saying, yeah. wow, that's a dope actor and actress. What else were they in? Oh, The Wire. And they go back and they say, oh, this guy who I've seen in this movie, he's in this too. Right. So I think it's The Wire as a as a body of work. Um, okay. Because it's getting second and third runs from people. True. And new fans still. Like My coworker never watched it. He's just now watching it. Never watched it, and that is a show that it was in law school when it was
0: similar on. to Sopranos. Where yes, when you look at it, like technology wise, like there are some weird things, mm-hmm. but the storytelling mm-hmm. of both Sopranos and The Wire, man, it is solid. Really, the Sopranos? Yeah, I definitely miss Sopranos. Movie.
1: I like the Sopranos.
0: It really got weak at the end. Oh no, no, the the last season, everything with Adriana, like it got weak. It, yeah, it. it I felt like The Wire softer. had better legs Towards the end.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I think Sopranos just, and I wasn't like I didn't and I didn't like Tony Soprano. Really? No, I was like no. Why would I like him?
0: Okay, he was not a good person. He, but he played that character like the he, actor is good. I was like okay. the character of Tony Soprano. Okay, not gotcha.
1: Like. And I'm cheering for a guy who, who's
0: not likable. Yeah, I'm not cheering for him. Who am I cheering for on that show? Uh, yeah, everybody is flawed. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
1: it's pretty messed up. So I it, it, that was like a tough sell for me, especially during the last season. Yeah, when, you know, you're supposed to watch this guy's life come together. Like, you're not a good no. person. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay. back to Molly's game. Um,
0: cool. Uh trying to think of anything else that I but, it, Oh, so because this was based on a true story right. that took place in the nineties, you no. know
1: No. No, not took place in the nineties.
0: 90s, 2000s? It, yeah. did, it did not take place in the 90s. When did it? When was it? It in the 2000s. It's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. i sorry. I was thinking of um, Rounders. I was like, who um, are you <laughs> talking about? This was not in the 90s. Okay, so where I was going with all that. All
1: kinds of cell phones, all kinds yeah. of. Shit,
0: not in the 90s. So where I was going with that. So Michael Sarah plays Player X. Yes. In this film, which never really gets name checked, but they make allusions to him yeah, as being somebody very well known in Hollywood at the time who had some mm. problems. So, the reason I was going to the 90s, right. there are two options that I kind of think it oh, is. Oh, we know who it is. Matt Damon or Ben Affleck? No, no. Ooh, who do you think it it's is? It's Maguire.
1: It's not even either one of those. Wait, what? It's Tobey Maguire. Yeah,
0: 100%. Really? It's 100% Tobey Mag- Yeah. What are you talking about? Did you, did you watch the movie? Yes, I watched the movie. Because I was thinking mainly because Matt Damon and Ben Affleck both really love poker. They both have sorted past. They kind of also get kind of mentioned. She called him in a there. green, scary, little something at one point. I remember that. Okay, yeah,
1: interesting. Tom McGuire and the and the baseball player was Alex Rodriguez.
0: Oh well, th- yeah, that was. I
1: remember. <laughs> I remember the news story where he got he got caught at a, at a casino at a, like mm-hmm. an underground poker thing. Because my boy Steve was in New York at the time. And he loves poker, and uh, he was uh, he was like, "Yeah, man, A Rod got caught." I was like, "Yeah, you can't be playing them them poker rooms."
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and was if playing. you did, so uh, A Rod? Yeah, that that one. So that was the fun thing about this movie is because it was based on a real story with real people. Kind of trying to, you know, pull but also up, the big hook is thread. The big hook for her was she was never giving up people's names, mm-hmm.
1: and she only gave up certain people's names because they're on already one, in the possession. Yeah,
0: already in the possession. Somebody already spilled their guts, yeah. and so, so she was okay saying it. Yeah,
1: and also I think the fascinating thing about the story, and I think from a legal aspect, is oh, yeah. like is 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 what you're responsible for legally when mm-hmm. these things happen. Um, and she had a. There was a bit of anonymity there with people at her games, but that led to pretty much the downfall Mm because you don't know who's in your rooms and you don't know
0: what's happening. I mean, that that to me, as somebody who used to host house games all the time, at a certain point, when you are having people bring in as much money as she was bringing in, do you really think somebody from the mafia or somebody connected is not going to make an appearance and make life... Challenging.
1: Well, you you like, I, that I, I, naivety I'm,
0: with her character. I don't think
1: she's naive. I think it's, how did she? Da- she like, was. I don't think she was naive. I think she was more of like, if, if I don't know, the more the less I know, then I'm not responsible. If I don't that know. plausible deniability. Yes. But sure, she was naive. I think she was definitely because she was aware when she got to New York what the big poker room was and, mm-hmm. who sh- and the type of people who went there. She knew. She knew right. off rip. So when she had someone go recruit those people. She was just like I don't know, I don't want to know anything about what you do. Just come in, spend money, bring in more
0: people. We're good. I just her her she lack, was naive about what they did. She just didn't want to know. Her lack of security also was was a big kind of red flag for me. What do you mean? There's a scene towards the end where something happens to her. Really, you don't have secure like if if you're running these games and you have millions of dollars on your debt sheet with people in New York and you know some of them are connected. I would have security all the time, but the issue—the issue—what
1: happens? there had nothing to do with her. It wasn't her. Uh, it wasn't her. It was her choices. It was her choice, but it wasn't because of the something that was happening during the game. It was something else. Yeah, I just the, so there were little things like that where I was like, "But why?" Like, think, think about, it. think about Molly. Right? Molly mm-hmm. has all this stuff happen. She picks up this game in L.A. She moves it to New York. Nothing's right. Right, happened to her
0: you're making like? all lot money and
1: there's a bit of invincibility that goes with that. Like I'm doing, I'm living this crazy life. Mm-hmm. Why would I need
0: security? I just, when you see what has happened, it just, to me, that yeah. was just one of those character flaws that it all, it all made sense within the context of the movie. I mean, it obviously made sense within the context of real life, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of, I was like, mm. that's people yeah it is people it's people people that's, making dumb choices but that's
1: pe- like I, I listened to this kevin hart interview recently and he talked about cheating on his wife and he said the way it all came about i mean he's essentially like supposed to go to barcelona there was a terrorist attack and all of a sudden he just he's solo in in vegas no people none of the people with him but just because he's kevin hart <laughs> but he just we, yeah. we're we talking about this from like a perspective of oh my god i have so much to lose he's coming exactly. from a perspective of like i'm kevin hart I get to just move around the world and do what I do. And right. I'm Kevin Hart. What are you going like nothing's happening? Nothing's happened to me. Nothing's happening to me. <laughs> um and he ends up putting himself in a very bad situation and, and cheating on his wife. But similar with, similar with
0: Molly, like she's just moving around and not understanding kind of that, that bigger picture. But also
1: there was obviously clearly there there was a barrier to protect her that didn't. That's the problem. It's not her.
0: Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the problem. <laughs> one of my favorite lines, and you and I talked about this, actually. You had seen the movie before I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes to a lawyer at yeah. one point before, obviously, Idris Elba, before she is on trial, just kind of get some ideas of the legality. And the lawyer was like, she was like, okay, is is this illegal? And he was like, yes, but as long as you're not doing anything illegal. No, he says no. Oh, he says no, as long as you're not doing anything illegal while you're breaking the law. <laughs> like, and she just kind of sits there and he was like... Are there drugs involved? Is there prostitution involved? She was like, no, no, no. He was like, then, I mean, you know, and it becomes this gray area. Yeah. Because, I mean, I have been to a lot of house games, and if you were just, your boy is hanging out, like, technically it is still gambling, and technically it is illegal, mm-hmm. but you guys are just hanging out. Like, is, F, you know, is the trade commission going to come down to, like, everybody at a sports bar who put $5 in the game? No if they're going to come down there, they're going to come down there because something else is going on. Right. So that we want to
1: make sure that something else isn't happening.
0: Yeah. And she, to that respect, she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, she ran a clean game. Yeah. She was not clean. Uh She was doing, she ran a clean game. Yeah. She ran a clean game. Yeah. So she ran a clean game. Uh, when it came to like Aaron Sorkin, I know that was one of the things that was kind of so highly touted with this film. That it was his first thing mm-hmm. to this day. I have never watched an episode of The West Wing. You should. Is it like? Is it as good it's, as everyone it's, says? It's, it's a well done show. It's very well done. Very well made. Okay, because like growing up, I mean, again, like Tim, I remember a few Good Men. Yeah. You know, I remember those types of things. That was before I even knew who screenwriters were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know those stories. The West Wing is good. The West Wing is. It it'll suck you in. It's you know, it's a fun
1: show. Some good performances. There'll be people you recognize on it. Some fun storylines. It's weird to watch now with our current administration, but (laughs) you can watch it. It It's, yeah, I think you'll appreciate it. Okay. You'll you'll appreciate the craftsmanship of the show.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Because, yeah, that was Sorkin, one of his many accolades that he won a bunch of awards for. Yeah, of course. So, okay. Cool. So, for Molly's Game, Jessica Chastain, Idris Elba, Aaron Sorkin, and a bunch of other people. Sean O'Dodd. Oh, was in this, who I always love seeing. Yeah. I really wish they Michael could do another Sarah. season of uh The IT Crowd. Uh, or The IT Crowd. Uh, but yeah. Okay, so your rating for Molly's Game. It's good.
1: Jessica Chastain is fa- It's essentially Jessica Chastain and Dries Elba. Yeah. For the bulk <laughs> of the film. hmm They're both really fantastic. Chastain continues to be great. Because a really good
0: performance. Um When is she going to win something major? She will. Because she, she is another person where I feel like she is at that A list. Everybody can't
1: win. Uh, yeah. Everybody can't win. Like and it it's it's a crapshoot. It's yeah. the studio, it's the year, it's the, the marketing. Cause that is the, the <laughs> so much stuff behind like winning that has nothing to do necessarily yeah. with the performance. This is finding that right vehicle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the first year that Tim and I have truly been involved with studios and screeners t- at a higher level. Mm. The stuff that we have been sent by certain studios and how they are choosing to market their material—some of it has been incredible, like yeah. above and beyond. And we are a local small film critic society. Yeah. I can only imagine what some of the other bigger things they send out. One of the things, like Mudbound, which is on Netflix, but like we—they sent it to us. They have sent us a few reminders of it. So I think it will take something like that for both Jessica Chastain and Andy Alba for whatever project they are on, to have that marketing behind it. I mean, that's one aspect of it. It's not
1: even really that. It, there's like a whole Oscar campaign that people do. There's no whole right. award season campaign that people do. And you have to be okay with doing it. And you, It has to be a project that catches fire at the right time. It can't be something that's too early in the year. Except so, for Get Out. Except for, but right. Get Out was such a unique film. Yeah, that true. it true. There's gonna there's be nothing like it, right? Darkest Hour is fine, but you already compared it to Dunkirk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, Mods game is fine, but it's going to be compared to other biopics. Yeah.
0: Rounder, yeah. other yeah. poker ones. Other pop- movies, yeah. other
1: biopics. So, get out with such a specific thing that I think it, it has legs. But if you're going to be Chastane, this is a project that's going to come out, that's going to touch, you know, a, a, a nerve for people to feel like this is something I haven't seen before mm-hmm. or it's something I have seen, but it's such an amazing performance with a great ensemble cast and a great story. Not, uh, you know. Okay. A lot of it depends on is it best director, is it best,
0: you know, is it to you get best picture. I think with this, like, it takes a, usually, <clears throat> a high-profile person to kind of push it. It's so like this one with Aaron Sorkin, his name is known everywhere. Right. So sometimes, yeah, that will kind of push it forward a little bit.
1: I mean, not really that. It's like,
0: the mo- she, her performance looked at differently. In, so if
1: we take Molly's game, right? Her performance mm-hmm. looked at differently if she's also, if it's also best picture quality and true. also best director which so then so then you're pushing an entire project yeah that's getting
0: looked at for all these other things which for this movie unfortunately no, it's good yeah but it's like, not compared to what we, else we have on us on our, exactly it's not gonna that was what i was kind of left with after watching yeah. i was like it's good that was solid it's a good movie. Uh, so i mean I, I i personally enjoyed it but mm-hmm. i know
1: people will look at the body of work and say she's really good in it she stands out the project is really
0: good but
1: it's not gonna. It's not gonna be up against these other best picture nominations.
0: Not a chance. No. Uh, my official rating for it is also good. Yeah. Again, I really enjoyed the poker stuff. Uh, I liked that they. I like the way they approached the poker stuff. Yeah. Similar to Rounders. Yeah. There are going to be people watching these movies who have no idea what some of those terms mean. And if you don't know poker, you're not lost. Exactly. So I think that they do a good job yeah. with her kind of explaining because it is she had to learn it. Yeah. She but, had no idea what it was yeah. until. Her boss, who was just this jerk, who played really well, but yeah. jerk. Who was like call these people, set this up, and while they're playing, she's on her computer looking up what is happening. Right. So she, that one guy when he wins, <laughs> that ridiculous oh,
1: hand, they walk through that yeah. whole situation, and you're just like, "This is going to be ugly." I, Even if you don't know poker, like
0: you, you, they really <laughs> sort of like spell out what's coming, what's mm-hmm. happening, and yeah. And those are things that I, I have witnessed. Yeah. I've been a part of. So this movie pulled at my heartstrings, but not enough to, yeah, I mean, best picture, not a chance. Screenplay was solid. I mean, again, you take someone like Aaron Torkin, who obviously, he knows how to write. But yeah, best director, not a chance. But it it was a solid overall film led by two people (laughs) with some other side characters. Yeah, I'd recommend people see it. Yeah, so would I. Cool. All right, so two goods for Molly's Game. Next, a movie that we talked briefly about. Uh, last week, yes. Star Wars: The Last Jedi, the biggest movie of the year so far. Is it really?
1: Yeah, the biggest opening weekend, the biggest, second biggest opening weekend ever with two twenty.
0: You're crying now. Now that we have had a week or so to to digest it, about a week. Uh, what are your feelings? Are you still yeah as high on it? Yeah. Okay. I'm still high on it. Yeah. I think with me because I was not quite as high on it when I first came out. This movie, we suffer from this thing uh, called the nostalgia filter, where so many you so I don't <laughs> not me. <laughs> so many people come out of a movie like Star Wars, yeah. The music, right? The sound, the characters that we grew up with, right? And it makes us feel good, yes. That does not take that does not shield it from criticism, yeah. I mean, the Bond,
1: like, think about the last Bond movie. I didn't love that. No.
0: But I, there were
1: part, you know, the opening, yeah, the title sequences, the music, mm-hmm. Bond, all those characters. Kind of, yeah. There's the nostalgia that, that grabs
0: at you, but it's still, I can look at it and say, objectively, that was not a good movie. Yeah. With Star Wars, I feel like people have a harder time with that because they're so connected, and because we, no matter kind of when you grew up in the past, Forty years right. Star Wars has been part of your life. Yes. So uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean the first 77, 80, 83. And then you, they re-released them in ninety-two the part of your life in what way? Ever present. If you if you watch TV, if you watch mm-hmm. anything like Star Wars is all around you. Mm-hmm. If you were not a Star Wars kid, totally fine. Guaranteed you know a Star Wars kid. Mm-hmm. Or you had one in your family. Mm-hmm. So with me. And a lot of people have been getting a bunch of crap for not really loving this movie. Really? Yeah. Some of the stuff online, they're like, but how could you not love it? It does this and this. It does a lot of things. Yeah. I still had some issues with it as much as I enjoyed it. What were your issues? So trying to think now that, I mean, a week has passed by the time this has come out. This episode is coming out on Thursday, not traditionally like on a Wednesday. Um. Snoke as a villain, mm-hmm. to me, was not as menacing, was not as developed as I thought they were going to do. And you and I talked about this before, uh, after we recorded last week. So, and I, I don't want to spoil anything because people are going to <laughs> this see this. So to um, this is so funny to me. This is so funny. But ahead. when you see yeah. him, when you see him in The Force Awakens, you have no idea kind of what to expect. It is this... Well, first of all, like giant hologram in this room. So you're like, okay, like what is going to happen when we finally see him in this? I loved his look. Yes. That like the way he walked, the way he moved, he was physically bigger than freakishly big. Yeah. It's like something was different about him. Yeah. Uh, His hands were different. He had really bad acne too. Oof. Yeah. (laughs) He had like a to the face. Michael, Michael Flatley, uh, acne scars. Yeah. Not Michael Flatley, who was the other Lord of the Dance? Okay, so you're, there on, your was own. That. you're on your own. <laughs> well, because when of River Dance. Dance and Lord of the Dance you're... split, and... <laughs> Talk. you might as well find somebody. Um, <laughs> I know one <laughs> of the lead dancers of Lord of the Dance or River Dance had like deep acne scars, similar to like Seal, where like it just like those deep marks. So Snoke, when you see him physically, is just kind of detestable. And like, yeah, when you see him walk, and so he has. An incredible presence. Me as the huge Star Wars buff, and I have a bunch of Star Wars books directly to my left. Yeah. You cannot fill more than a page with him. I wanted more development. Okay. I wanted to know kind of where where he <laughs> you came from because here's the thing, you can't be a well, you I guess you can. Mm-hmm. But you're upset in a movie <laughs> for not doing what you hoped it would do. I'm upset that they, they had the chance to develop a character that they built up to a really high point in The Force did Awakens. They, did they build up? The yeah. You, from the questions that people had after The Force Awakens, like, who is this guy? Is it this guy? My favorite Snoke theory, way before the movie came out, this movie. Is this one, dude? No. Uh, my, my favorite theory was that the scar on his yeah. head, he was the stormtrooper in A New Hope that bashed his head when he, in like the scene they should have cut when Vader first gets on the ship. You see a yeah. stormtrooper hit his head on the ceiling, yeah. like an actor. Yeah. I wanted that, like, and they're like, "What if it was, that was him? Come on. That would be amazing, <laughs> be hilarious."
1: But again, like, but, there but were so many. The when, when the movie ends, we essentially are resetting what we think. That's the whole theme of the film, right? Yeah, let, I mean, to the let last go, Jedi. To, yeah, to let go of the past. Mm-hmm. It is not what you think. It's it's not important. We're resetting <sighs> this. Un- it, we're resetting yeah. this universe. So with that. What happens with Snoke in this movie makes a thousand percent sense. Whether you like it or not, it makes sense because they're not—they're not. It's not a bridge to the past because he ends up just being the Emperor. He ends up just being these other people, and they're saying enough with that. We don't—we're right. off that. That's all. Oh, we're doing something completely different. And and I. So do, when we see the First Order <laughs> in the next movie, when mm-hmm. we see the Resistance in the next movie, they're going to look completely different than what we've seen in the past.
0: And and hopefully we see something that was mentioned in this one and it was loosely mentioned in the force awakens, the Knights of Ren.
1: We might, we might not, I, we might, we might not.
0: Yeah. I, I hope we do just because I think, again, the Praetorian guard that was around Snoke, the guys in the red, Yeah. they like, those were interesting characters. And in the, in the brief time that we were with them, we saw them have kind of different personalities, different fighting styles, unique things. I would love to see more of that Right. some sort of, I mean, cause again, you have the rebels, you have all, all these things, these quote unquote elite fighting forces. I want to see the opposite of that with the bad guys. And so we saw that with the Praetorian guard, like, no, these guys around Snoke know what they are doing. So that was some of my favorite moments in the film. Yes. Was everything with them. Right. So, but yeah, so Snoke, that was just one of the things where I just, I wanted a bit more character development, just because this is Star Wars. Almost everybody that you yeah. see in the background has some sort of connection. Did you realize they were never going to develop his character? I know. I, you and I
1: talked about this. I did they, not. They were never know. going to do that. You realize that now. Now that the movie's over. Now, was There, yes. there were, it was nothing that was never going to happen. Yeah. It's not. That's not the story they're telling. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not. like yeah. They're not telling that story. So And it ex- explicitly, like we're not doing this stuff anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, one person that we did not talk about very much uh, last time, cause we only had a few minutes that I definitely wanted to talk about was Lorna Dern. Yeah. So her character, first of all, took me by surprise. Cause I was just like, Oh, okay. Like this is another unique character that you bring in that is, re- is tangentially connected to all of these people that we know. But this is our first time with her yeah. in, in the movies. She was solid. Yeah, she's good. She, there's a moment with her. And like I mentioned before, several moments of this film Mm -hmm. will go down in Star Wars history. Will go down as pivotal moments. Scenes that when we were kids, after we would watch the original trilogy, because, you know, we're not old enough when they first came out. We're not born. Well, one of us is 50. But anyway, uh, (laughs) so like those types of things where the first time Luke lights up his lightsaber. That cuts. That scene is yeah. used in every montage of Star Wars, right. every time. There are so many moments in this where it hit me in the feels, where it was like, this is my Star Wars. Right. This is something 20 years from now, this is a clip that they're going to right. use. So I loved those aspects. The casino stuff, the Canto Bite stuff, there was a lot of that that could just be cut down. I mean, I mean, did essentially want to introduce Risa to character. How they did like the way they did it was
1: just the way they did weird. Weird. Okay, it was clearly something that they wanted to do, and he's going to be important hopefully moving forward. Good. Um, Benicio del Toro. Good. The one thing I liked about Laura Dern's character was I think it's something we haven't seen much of, which is sort of the disputes that happen within resistance. Mm -hmm. Like this idea that you know they're just like this. It's all about hope and let's fight the bad guys. Mm This is not always true. No, like there's (laughs) tactical stuff that they need to figure out. Mm -hmm. There's, what do we do here? What do we go here? That maybe only
0: one person or two Mm -hmm. people are actually thinking about, whereas everyone else is thinking big picture. Right. Um, But this idea that, you know, there there have to
1: be some agreements on what they're doing, what their plans are, because there's literally, you know, people's lives at stake. Mm -hmm. Um, And so seeing some of that play out, I thought was genius, because we rarely see it play out.
0: Yeah. Again, yeah, there, there was a lot of this movie that I, I really liked that right. I, that I loved that. Wait, what else? Did you, so you didn't like Snoke. What else didn't you like about it? There were some, and again, I I don't want to spoil it. We see some really amazing force powers. Yes. In, in this movie, right. different than anything we have seen before right. in any of the expanded. Well, similar to something that happened in one of the expanded books back in the day, but, right. um, there were also some moments with that that I think they missed an opportunity to. And I am dancing around this because I really don't want to spoil it. What is it a spoiler? Yes, there are some opportunities. So Carrie Fisher, the actress, is no longer with us. Yes, all of us were wondering mm. how that is going to play out in in this film. So there were there were moments where. All of us, I think, watching, we're like, oh, okay, this this is going to be it. Like, I was preparing myself, and when it did not happen more than once, it, it was it was these kind of fake outs. And you made fun of me before when we were offline last week when you we were talking about this. That basically, what it sounds like is that I'm upset that things did not. <laughs> I'm trying to think. How do I even phrase this? Um, I'm not upset that she is still around. Right. I feel like they missed opportunities to pull at our heartstrings more than they did. Why did you think that's something they wanted to do is the question
1: I'm asking you.
0: Because I guess the concern, not the concern, the the reality, was that when Carrie Fisher passed recently, yeah. they were like, okay, is everything done with episode eight? Was, was her stuff done? Was it wrapped up? How are they going to send her off? Yeah. All of these things. And those are valid because when you have an actress die in a prominent who is the franchise, those are valid questions. So now I just, I'm left with more questions after this, where I feel like this could have kind of rounded things out and a nice bow at the end. What if they couldn't? They could easily could have. What, what, no, what if they
1: couldn't? Is what, what I'm asking. What if they couldn't? Because there's a lot of assumptions as to how far along they were in the process, True. what they shot, what they didn't shoot, what they did have, what they didn't have. And what mm-hmm. if they couldn't? What if you're left with three terrible choices,
0: and this is the only choice that makes sense? Right, because there are things that would have been more complicated <laughs> to if she either had not been able to finish her filming, or if they had kind of rounded out her storyline earlier. But what if you know? Let's just say, out of respect
1: for her, they didn't want to do the Paul Walker thing and do the face over. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what if they, that's something they're like, no, we're not doing that to our princess. Yeah, we've got what we got, and we'll figure this out on the back end. But we're putting her in the movie as she is. Right. Because that's someone who's lived with this franchise. We're not going to soil her. Or the last moment you see of her is some other woman mm-hmm. acting with a CGI face. Because
0: that was, I mean, Rogue One. They don't want to do that. That was something that a lot of people were salty about.
1: Yeah. So what if, what if I'm just speculating, what if out of mm-hmm. respect for her, they were like, we're not doing that. So this is what we shot. This is yeah. what we have with Carrie
0: Fisher, and we're showing it. Yeah. And I, I understand that. I really do. I guess I think I am not alone in before we went into it, not knowing right. if she had finished filming. Yeah, what, how that moment was going to play out. So when there were a couple times where I thought it was going to and it did not, right. those were my own expectations. But it was just surprising, and I was just like, my heart was already hurting. But that's but,
1: a bad. You're saying that something. That's no,
0: bad I, about it is the film. not. We a- <laughs> this conversation <laughs> started. This conversation started with you saying this is a problem you had
1: with the film. It was. This is why I made fun of you because it it's a crazy <laughs> thing to say how is that a problem it's it, a problem you have with reconciling I, my reconciling own It <laughs> <That> has <laughs> nothing to do with the film because think about it okay let's say let's say they've got this three-story arc that they know mm-hmm. they're going to say right we know right. disney star wars has all planned out yep. right so we kill han solo mm-hmm. we do all these sort of like fake outs with Princess Leia in the right. second, because you're already thinking Han Solo's dead. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to Carrie Fisher? We know
0: that Carrie Fisher has the, died.
1: The, 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 there's a handful of people left from the original movie. How are mm-hmm. we handling these people? And we're bringing in this new cast. And then what if the whole the plan the whole time was to have her die in the third act? Yeah,
0: and how so does that complicate
1: this, things now? <laughs> so, so you shoot this movie. Mm-hmm. You have all these scenes, and you mm-hmm. say. We could either do this in the second act, in the second movie, or do this in the third movie, or, or figure out, because, I mean, these people, especially J.J. J. Abrams, these people are smart enough to, to to talk about a character and what's happened off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got enough talented actors to pull it off. Oh, for sure. So I would trust to be like, this is what we're doing. We're going to stick with this story, and we'll figure this
0: out. We have years to figure out how we're going to do this. <laughs> years. I mean, yeah, they've not even a couple of years to figure this out. They will not even. I mean, they're probably trying drafting the <laughs> yeah. scripts and everything, but they will not start shooting episode nine. Yeah. Twenty twenty, probably, maybe twenty nineteen. Start shooting it. Twenty nineteen, probably. So I mean, there's yeah. time. So I just, I hope that we. I, I just I hope that we get a good moment because if she filmed everything for episode eight, and episode nine. Since she she has already passed, like I just, I want that moment to be satisfying. And with Han Solo, why do you again? Why do you need that moment? You don't need that moment because that is my princess. That is you don't in need, general, you, don't need you know, A moment, I would love a moment. You would I, love I, a moment. Yeah. You don't need a moment. I mean, again, think of the whole Paul Walker thing. How much how how great would it have been had there been a chance to have a proper send off as opposed to they did that was touching. It, it was touching. It was, that was a great send-off for him. So do you not want that same thing for Leia?
1: But the send here's the thing, but the send-off they had was B-roll of him on the beach with his family. Right. And it was other cast members talking about him. That was the emotional piece. They filmed that stuff after he had already passed away. When they're all sitting on that log talking about missing him, mm-hmm. and how he's gone on, that was shot after he had passed. But, right. the, but what they're watching is just footage of Paul Walker and his family on the beach that they cut to a million times during the series. Yeah, true. <laughs> right? So, so the emotional pull wasn't anything Paul Walker had to say. It was mm-hmm. everyone else talking about him, and I think Star Wars is bright enough to pull that off. If you've got Oscar Isaac, you've got all these other people, John Boyega, mm-hmm. Daisy Ridley, these people talking about missing their princess, you can get a moment that doesn't involve that person actually speaking. You can get that moment. Yeah, it doesn't involve, the person doesn't have to be there to give the moment? And we saw that with Paul Walker. It's true. It, yeah i just yeah i it's the, the the when the road split and those two oh, cars put off like yeah paul walker you don't even see him no it's the two cars <laughs> no so you can you can get a moment because people are invested in, the, in these characters and they're invested in these stories you can get the moment without here's the person and then they something happens to them and they no you can still right. get that moment you don't need that
0: okay. you don't need it i have faith in it's weird to say i mean yeah it is but i have faith in disney yeah i have faith in their screenwriters after seeing this film with Ryan Johnson directing, when it was announced before this movie, before anybody had seen this movie, yeah. that he was going to be overseeing the next three, the next set, not the next, not episode right. nine, but the next trilogy, right. and all of us were like, "What?" I was like, "How?" Like this, nobody oh, knows him. No,
1: no, then, I wasn't like what. Like I, that's a a good indicator that they like what. Oh yeah,
0: games. exactly. Like, but those of us. It was it was interesting that before anybody saw it, yeah. Disney had that much faith and been like, yep, this guy's going to be directing. So he, as trilogy. of right now, he's only going to be directing the first of that new trilogy yeah. and overseeing the next two. Right. Similar to like a Kevin Feige type role. That, like after seeing this film and what he was able to do, 100% on board.
1: But, but Johnson, I mean, if you've ever watched his own movies, especially like Looper, he's mm-hmm. got an amazing eye for visual effects. Oh, yeah. He's got an amazing uh, talent for for exploring things differently. Like I thought his exploration of the force was fascinating. Mm-hmm. In a way that other films haven't gone. Yeah. And the way he like the way he explored time travel traveling in looper. We know what time travel is. We've seen a thousand time travel movies, but mm-hmm. his his take on like hey, what if there were loops and time travel looked like this? And we saw it this way and he is able to explain it in a way that makes sense. Um and I think he'll do more of that in his new film. He'll be able to explore things about yeah. this world um, that we've
0: never thought to look into. And the like, what I want out of that next trilogy—they already announced that they're not going to do *Knights of the Old Republic*, which for is. Now. I just I don't I don't think they are with how they're moving forward. Like you already said, kind of. For now. Na- for now, what I'm telling you is for now. Do, do, I wouldn't rule in. This is early on. Don't rule it out. True. I mean, it is People, it is very yeah. For me, though. If we we're moving past the legacy Skywalker lineage. Yeah. You're moving away from it. Away from it. Like there are so many stories they could tell. Right. And we were getting, you know, the Han Solo movie. You know, we we're getting all that. But still with still those legacy characters. Like Rogue One blew us away because it only had a couple people that we connected with. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was original. The Star Wars universe is so massive. Right they could do so much like i still want admiral thrawn there's a fantastic book series uh, that i would recommend called the thrawn trilogy right. they could do so with that and modify it because his storyline technically the timeline has already passed but like there it is rich there's a rich history ryan johnson uh, yeah, i mean there have been him. rumors of doing like a boba fett story no um, i'm just kidding oh i know i'm just I, that would don't that would just be so dumb why would it be dumb boba fett okay Boba Fett has this legendary thing like, oh, greatest bounty hunter, watch the original films. He is an idiot. Okay. He only got it was only after okay. the comic book started coming out that the character started getting developed. But if you're if you're if it's a bounty hunter
1: movie in space, mm-hmm. this Boba Fett and all these interesting characters, this world that you talked about is so great and vast. Mm-hmm. What a better way to explore it than how a bounty hunter who is is you're giving him all access to any kind of planet you want to make up. There's a reason why he's there. He's a bounty yep. hunter. And he's looking to find some interesting characters.
0: I mean, yeah, they could do it. I just, there it, are there are more interesting characters that they could work with.
1: You could introduce, that, that's what's great about Bubba Fett. You can introduce those interesting characters mm-hmm. through that. Because when, you, when you're doing something where someone's a bounty hunter uh, or a space cop
0: or whatever. They get connected to good guys, bad guys, whoever.
1: You, you have a vast pool of people you can pull from. You're opening the universe to say, we can go any direction we want to. Mm-hmm. we can talk about history we can talk about how you got here we can just have you on some crazy missions you can have you lightly working with the first order you can have you working with whoever else and have these yeah. run-ins with other people that we know that's great so i can see a studio wanting to do a bubba fett movie because it, it does
0: that yeah easy I, easy just, yeah i of all the star wars things i would other other things but yeah yeah it's um, easy, it's, easy, it's, a, it's an easy story to tell and it's
1: fun and it's still something like like they're not gonna do some deep dive that people can't connect to. No, they're not doing that. No. So Th- that, you that take I, a character or, or, or yeah. a person you can follow and a story you can follow yeah. that people can easily identify with. Say, oh, that's Boba Fett. I know him. Yeah,
0: which is why I mean Admiral Thrawn is a visually striking character, but there's enough material where you can actually build a lot off it and connect him to other things if they want. Enough to. people know
1: who Admiral Thrawn is.
0: Thrawn. Do enough people know who Admiral Thrawn? Is? I think nowadays with the Clone Wars and
1: with the Star Wars Rebels, we do. Do enough people know? I'm talking about like, this movie yeah. just made 220 million. Just do enough of try. those type of people know who Admiral Thrawn is to do it? Yes, that, that, absolutely. I'm going to say
0: no. I was waiting for Ben Mendelsohn in the Force Awakens right. or in uh, Rogue One to we, be Admiral Thrawn. We so. know because
1: we watch these things, right? But mm-hmm. my friends at work. Who just know
0: Star Wars? And they know these characters. But, th- but those same friends, did they w- watching Rogue One, where they're like, "Who's you know this guy? Who's this guy?" No, they were like, "This is a Star Wars movie." No, Cause they, but there's enough of that stuff in it where you realize, okay, same thing. Admiral Thrawn is just a character. If right. they put Admiral Thrawn in there, with I, I think, know, I think you're right. what you're saying, I think is true. Mm-hmm. Thank that you. It's, a, it's an interesting story. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. But if you're trying to make, if you're making these. Billion dollar projects—they're not picking a character that diehards know to do to base a movie around. You can have him in a movie, right? But if you're basing the movie around this character, they're not picking a character that a handful of people know. They're gonna pick a character that most people know, because st- it's, yeah. it's still something you need to sell. But well, like, new- I, I get what you're saying, but it's still yeah. something that I want this to sell. This isn't like some indie project, right? This is—we're <laughs> doing a big movie here. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm pouring. 500 million total in marketing mm-hmm. and production budget i'm gonna need people to know with
0: who this movie is about yeah and that's as a studio like that's what they're looking at it's not but i think again going back to rogue one saw guerrera i knew who he was yes a lot of people did not watching it but they were like all right cool it is forrest whitaker and blah. like but it's not a Saw Gerrera movie you see what i'm saying yeah but they, yeah so i think you're able to roll with it if there are enough of those connecting yeah. pieces they would never make so. a saw guerrera movie no no. Because they have Rebels for that. Like, you can watch... If you want to know his story, you can yeah. watch Star Wars Rebels.
1: Yeah, but people aren't watching so. those. I love those cartoons, but people aren't uh, watching yeah. cartoons like that. True. Like, the the lay... Like we were talking about Jumanji yesterday, right? Random people ask me about Jumanji because they know Jumanji, and they know The Rock, and they know Kevin Hart. Yeah. So they're more interested in what's happening with Jumanji versus...
0: All the Money in the World. All the Money in the World. <laughs> so all, Where people only ask about the controversy with Spacey. Yeah. Backstory on that, so... We, have a, we had a choice of advanced screenings on the same night, yeah. same theater, between Jumanji and All the Money in the World. Same theater? Yeah. They're both from Norgate? Yeah. Wow. So, Tim is choosing to see Jumanji. I'm choosing to see All the Money in oh, the no, World. Oh, no. The choice was made when The Rock said, I'm doing a Jumanji movie. I said, I'm not Again, like, I, was, I had I'm already in. RSVP'd to it, and then they announced really? All the Money in the World the same night. and I. In the, your choice is All the Money in the World. Yeah. I have to see how they pull this off. What? It, wh- why? Why? Like, tech, like technically, from a production standpoint, I am fascinated by it. You're going to be disappointed. So, and Christopher Plummer is amazing. Yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be
1: disappointed. So. I have a uh, problem with I'm going to see the better movie. I think that's what's going to happen. Well, I'm going to see the better of the two films. <laughs> we will see. Uh, but I, you know what's funny? I remember when they did that Uh, that stupid um, stupid uh, <laughs> movie they did where they uh-huh. talked about, was about the FBI and stuff. And I remember thinking, man, they should have just focused on... The story. that's in all the money in the world, because it's one of the FBI's first big cases. Right. And I thought they should have focused on it. So now here we get it. But I don't know if it's going to be a big FBI procedural. It'll be, yeah.
0: you know, we'll see.
1: Pay my money. I want my baby.
0: <laughs> did they? Did they kill the kid? Did they kill the kid? Ah, uh, no spoilers. Sorry. This a true uh, story. What are you? Smiling? I know. Pe- people listening might not. It's be. a true story. Sorry, can I tell you? Um, <laughs> yeah, they killed the kid. It's exactly <laughs> a story. Like, yeah. So, uh, cool. All right. So that yeah. was star Wars last Jedi. We both already gave it a good, uh, this is a solid, solid entry into the star Wars canon. Oh, wait, I didn't even tell you what I liked about star Wars. Oh yeah. I thought it was a fascinating movie.
1: I thought uh-huh. I, I liked The fact they reset it, the world, I liked that they mm-hmm. went a different direction. I, that they made some interesting choices. They questioned a lot of what we've already known, what we've seen, yep. what we think we're going to see in the future. Um, they sort of, sort of wiped the slate clean in a way, yeah. which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, as, uh, <laughs> as much as I love The Force Awakens, it felt very like nostalgia-heavy to like, hey, remember those prequels? Don't remember those. Remember the Star Wars stuff you liked? Here's all the stuff that you liked from the original you know, trilogy yeah. as a reminder that we can still do this thing. And then they took all that stuff and said, okay, that stuff's really cool, but we're going to go in this direction now. And still give you your Star Wars. Still mm-hmm. give you your lightsaber fight scenes. Still give you, you know, the dark and the light and, and hope and all these other tropes that we're used to. Yeah. And they, I thought they did a,
0: a good job of pulling that off. There was a scene, there was a two to three minute scene in this where I was, so you know how I am with uh, consistency when it comes to, I I unfortunately cannot shut those parts of my brain off. If somebody's eating a piece of toast in one scene, the camera turns away and they have a croissant the next one. There was a three minute chunk of this movie where I was upset, like really upset because consistency had been broken Mm -hmm. and I was like. Okay, wait. No, this cannot happen because that. And I was like, I was in the. Th- and what,
1: I what sequence?
0: Uh, I will tell you. Tell you off. You can't even talk about the sequence. It was on the planet with the red sand. Okay. Uh, a battle that happens there. Okay. With a couple characters. Okay. When I'm watching that, I'm like, I was like, no, that. Yeah. I was like, it just it cannot happen like this. And I was just really confused, and I was getting more and more. Upset. A battle between two characters. Yeah. Um. What you know why it's inconsistent though exactly well again and then like five minutes later then it was explained or not explained but then it you understand why it's it all made sense yeah. but during that <laughs> three minutes i was just like i was just waiting to be like they better explain this so it was hard you for me really. to work <laughs> with <laughs> the <did>. oddest things <laughs> i didn't even care i know and i should not but it was just it was hard yeah. for me to kind of block it out when it when it gets to have fun watching these movies man and I do you have fun watching? This that time? is why I said I need to you, watch it a second. Sure? I have not watched it the second time yet, uh, but I, I will because I that first time it is hard for me to not think critically. But once they explained it, then I was fine. Then I calmed but down. That, you know, I think that's something I've learned over the
1: years. Is you know, when you when you soak in so much of this information, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because of how things go now, like we're knowing so much information before it's shot, before right. even a single frame is shot. We're knowing who's in the movie, mm-hmm. storylines, characters. Um, so I try to go into these films with little expectations. I try to like yeah. cleanse myself of like what I want to happen. Take some sage. What to happen? Yeah. What I I want to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I want to go in and I want to enjoy it for what it is. I want to look at at this thing for what it is and what it's given me. And I think about what I hoped it would be, what I thought it should be, right. what would be cool. What will we'll be honest. when a movie's just trash, like something like the snowman, <laughs> right. I start to think, I try to think like, how would I improve? How, how could this have been better? Right. And like, you i have what, talked about that like, a like, lot. Like, like what could they have changed to make this mm-hmm. a better movie? Absolutely. Um, even with something like black Panther coming out, I don't want to go with any expectations. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going hoping to see a great film and hoping that. Yeah. And, 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 and it is hard, but you have to admit though, that is hard. I mean, you just have to let it go. Like legitimately, like, Especially when we're watching something like these Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies where mm-hmm. they're very particular about what's in these films because they're leading to other things. And they're, they're British to other things, right? Um, so I try to temper my expectations because an expectation that I have may not fit to what they have coming right three or four movies in the future. So I try to let go of all of that. Just walk in, clean mind. What are you giving
0: me? I, I try and do that with most films. I think other films with certain films it is much harder for me to do that. Star Wars, it is hard to get over that nostalgia hump. Black Panther.
1: Go in. I don't mean, go in with oof, that. enjoy I, <laughs> it.
0: Go in and enjoy
1: it. Like if you gotta stay away from Black Panther stuff, you gotta stay away from mm, marketing. Too you late. You gotta stay away from it. I'm
0: already so deep in that. Just
1: go just go in with a with as clean as mind as humanly possible. Yeah. Right. Imagine I listen to your, someone listened to your podcast for the first time, mm-hmm. and they went in with all these expectations because of what they thought a film review podcast was supposed to be, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> or they ju- they're going to be disappointed. And, but then they <laughs> judged your podcast mm-hmm. on what they thought it should be, on not the actual content of your show. Yeah, it's unfair. Yeah, and you, I, you and you would you would feel get away it. about it. I totally do. You would say, just "Hey, saying. man, just listen to my podcast. Clean just come in. Like this right. is this is John. This is what I do. Like, mm-hmm. listen to my show. Um, so man, just so when you go in like. It's easy to do with indie films because they're just weird and off balance. And you don't know, right? But these big productions, like, try to carry something that in. just walk in yep. clean slate. If you need to take, need to say a prayer, you <laughs> take a deep <laughs> breath, <laughs> need a moment to yourself. Mm-hmm. Just let it deliver what it wants to deliver. Because I think, especially, <clears throat> what we're seeing with with these filmmakers is they're all trying to have their own vision on something that we already know, mm-hmm. right? They're taking pro- properties and products that we know, and they're trying to say, how do I, how do I, how do I sort of squeeze in some originality in what I do? Now, if if they're not true to the character, then that's a huge concern. Right. But if they're, stu- if they're true to the character and they're telling a different story or a different way of telling the story, then you got to let that float.
0: All right. You got to let it go.
1: Yeah. I, I will continue to work on it. Yeah. It's
0: Because uh, I, I want you to, like, I want you to, it sounds like you did not enjoy watching Star Wars. And that, that is, you know, and, and, you and, should and I, enjoy I really it. did. I really did. Uh, But that, again, it does not excuse it from criticism.
1: Criticize it all you want.
0: So. Yeah. Please do. I did. (laughs) Uh, I mean, everybody. Like, criticize it. Like, it's
1: fine. Mm -hmm. There's certain movies that people love that just aren't for me. Yeah. That I never connected to, that I didn't get. And it's fine. Like, Mm -hmm. it exists. It's a thing out
0: there that exists. And, like I always say, everyone is entitled to their own opinion, even when their opinion is wrong. Right. Uh, All right. So, (laughs) moving on to the last uh, movie that we will talk about The Greatest Showman. Mm hmm. Now, this is directed by Michael Gracie. Yes. If you were to ask me, hey, John, who is Michael Gracie? I would not have really been able to tell you before this. Right. Uh, he has not done a ton or whether the stuff that he has done has been some like uh, visual effects work. But this is his first directing job. After watching this film, if somebody had told me and probably somebody did, probably Sarah mentioned like, oh, this is his first film. Right blows me away Mm -hmm. the sheer production value of the greatest showman which is a a loose interpretation of the true story of pt barnum Mm -hmm. uh, who everybody eventually would know from pt barnum and bailey and the circus and all of those things this is his his story of how he got there or how his journey started right there is no way that i would have believed this was a first time director doing this film Blows me away. So, the music in this, so this is a full blown musical. This year's musical choice is this. Last year we had La La Land. I'm interested that, and I talked about this last year with La La Land. I was concerned that La La Land would be almost the end of the movie musical in the sense of it was such a love lettered old Hollywood.
1: Right.
0: I grew up on stage, I always loved musicals. I wanted to keep it... I wanted to see those keep being made and keep moving forward. And if we get more movies like The Greatest Showman, I'm all on board.
1: Well, why would you think movie movie musicals would be...
0: Because they kind of went out of favor. Like, it used to be... They used to be really prevalent and then they kind of died down and you get maybe one a year, maybe every two years. You had like, Chicago, Moulin Rouge. The high school musical stuff is, to me, a different beast. Right. Like, that, Pitch Perfect. Like, those are those are musicals, it but just like hybrids. Yeah. They're, they're a bit more hybrids, very pop culture. Not absolutely. a lot of original songs, original scores. Yeah. Well, especially pitch perfect. Like it is a singing it's a, competition. It's a sing competition, Right. So it's very music heavy, but mm-hmm. not necessarily a musical. Yeah. I, I would, yeah, I would not even really call it a musical. So it's a movie with a bunch of musical numbers. Mm-hmm. So with this, with the greatest showman, there are scenes in this that there's an opening scene or one of the opening scenes with Hugh Jackman and the way it is lit. It immediately reminds me of Liza Minnelli in Chicago, yeah. just the framing, everything they do. It feels like a traditional musical. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Absolutely traditional musical. One of my favorite scenes is in the bar with Zac Efron and Hugh Jackman. They have this dance number that easily could be one of the, from one of the Gene Kelly films, just tremendous. Okay. But it tells a story of a PT Barnum who grew up on the streets, just dead poor. As broke. he Yeah. Broke oh, boy. <laughs> severely broke boy. <laughs> Real broke boy out here. Um, Dad dies. Dad dies. Homeless. Uh, meets Michelle Williams when he is a kid. Uh, always kind of loved her uh, and said that, you know, he would be with her. Eventually finds his way, you know, back to her. They start a he family. Join
1: like, the railroad. Uh, Yes. Yes, he did. Made was, some money. Comes back as a grown adult. Mm-hmm. Wants to woo her.
0: Mm -hmm. Has a family. Gets shot down by her dad. Yeah. If the dad had his way, it would have been literally shot down. Wants to do all this. Gets gets laid off. Mm -hmm.
1: Gets a fake loan. Gets a real loan. With With uh, fake collateral. Collateral. (laughs) uh, To start a museum for... Oddities. Oddities.
0: Which then blossomed into a circus. Mm -hmm. And this movie does a really interesting job of skating around it addresses some of the controversy PT Barnum was very exploitative of a lot of people and a lot of things yes it touches on a little bit of that uh it, to do that and make him a likable character exactly and i think that was why they chose
1: to go that it touched route on it a little bit but like you can't you can't go full exploitative person
0: and then make make you care about him getting to his family you're like i don't like you yeah no and i mean it, it goes back to kind of what we were what we're saying about like Sopranos, yeah. you want to like that main character, even when, if it is written well, if they're making bad choices, but you like the character, yeah. sometimes you, do, you have to realize that this person, BT Barnum, he did some horrendous things. And that's and that would be my one sort of hiccup with the film is that,
1: is like, mm-hmm. there's that moment where his sort of cast of, of people he's with mm-hmm. want to come to this party. He sort of just shuts them out. Yeah. And it's, it feels like it comes out of nowhere because we don't see too many hints of it. mm mm-hmm. He's this guy who loves them. He's putting them on stage and he's doing this great stuff. And they've got this opera singer they're bringing in to perform. So then when he does this thing where he shuts them out, at least this musical number about them being strong with who they are, Mm -hmm.
0: it just feels out of place. Yeah. Because you feel like, yeah, I'm sure this was happening all the time. All the time. I mean, and it does, the film does a good job of showing what he is willing to do to get where he said he would be. Right. And again, some of his motivations are not that altruistic, No, but it's it, not, it, it it's mainly is just, in. I mean, yeah. his, his motivation is like shoving it in people's faces mm-hmm. who told him he wouldn't be anything. And Michelle Williams has a great line where she was like, are we not enough? And he was like, mm-hmm. I love you. And she was like, we know you love us, Yeah. but you love them and them being everybody else's perceptions, yeah. opinions. Yeah. That is what he was, he was striving for that love more than love for his family. And that's just an empty, you're never going to get it. Yeah.
1: There were always going to be people who criticized him, who didn't like what he did, who critiqued him. So he was always sort of mm-hmm. fighting against, because it's an uphill battle. You're never going to win that battle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Never going to get it. Never going to get it. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. He's, he now it's a... time for a breakdown. No, we're not doing uh, that. We're not doing <laughs> what? that. Right Some now.
1: in Vogue, Funky Divas. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, but he, that was really the thing that
0: drove him. Mm-hmm. And then he has this sort of aha moment of like,
1: oh, I love my family. Yeah.
0: Now, when it comes to to musicals, and again, being critical. Yes. My my critic filter is almost non-existent when it comes to musicals when they first start. When a musical first starts in La La Land, that opening scene on the highway, I was in. I was 100% in. It's this big showy number great costumes as the movie went on it starts to go down for me and i ended up with a lot of problems with la la land especially the end whoa what are you talking about the end the ending scene like the the whole make-believe like oh that was the best part of the movie that was the worst part that was a beautiful way to show how their story is no that was it was dumb um wait you really think that was the dumb part yes there were so many dumb things in that movie, but that that ending so, scene. So they meet at this jazz club. Uh-huh. They make
1: eye contact. He's there performing. Yep.
0: And she has this "What if we
1: stuck together" moment. Yeah. Dumb. And it's this beautiful song. Oh, it does not they, they sing run? The, they, sing the song. Hum the song. They run through. Hum the song. Not humming the song. Do you know it? Yeah. They run. Uh-huh. I like. I like the soundtrack. They run through this whole thing. Um. Then it comes back to the club, and mm-hmm. she's still with her husband, and she walks out.
0: You hated it. Unnecessary. Okay. Just dumb. All right. Uh, the other thing that La La Land failed to do, coming out of the movie, even to this day, people are like, oh, I love La La Land. Yes. Cool. Sing a couple of the songs. Not just City of Stars. Yeah. Sing anything else. Yeah. Rarely people can do that. That means it failed as a musical. No,
1: it doesn't. It absolutely did. It failed
0: for you. It doesn't mean it failed
1: because you if don't you sing can, the songs. If you
0: leave a musical and you do not know the songs... That is a problem. It's not a problem. It absolutely People is.
1: don't go to musicals just for the songs.
0: You, they should.
1: What? <laughs> listen, did you Did you? Did you need to like play back and listen to what you just said when you talked about this movie? And? You talked about a lot of stuff you loved about this mm-hmm. movie without ever mentioning a song. Because I was leading up to this but point. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? There's a chunk of this film you can appreciate and love mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with the song. Right. That doesn't make it less of a musical. It means that I'm able to appreciate the costuming, the production design, the mm-hmm. sets. Absolutely.
0: But coming out of it, you you must love the songs. or n- it's Not not, not must love. You should be able to remember the songs. I, that's so, a weird thing. To so, be so
1: about that you don't remember the so songs. So many
0: people, to, again, to this day, when I talk to you about La La Land, they're like, oh, such a beautiful movie. I loved it. The music was great. And I'm like, what music? And they're like, City of Start. And I was like, hey, what else? And that is it? Yeah. It failed as a musical. It just, that's a weird thing to say. It failed because people don't remember the songs. What is the point of a musical if not to remember the song?
1: a musical, telling a story through music. It's not about remembering the songs. It, I,
0: You're telling a story <laughs> through music. Uh-huh. And that music should be memorable enough to remember just like you would remember scenes in the movie. But some people just don't. Some people don't. I have friends who
1: don't remember any of that stuff, and they love movies. They just don't remember any of that stuff. It's not how their brain works. But just like yeah, just like in You're, any you other movie, you are a musical kid. I <laughs> uh, yes. love. You grew up in musical theater. Yes. You rem- that stuff is important to you. Mm-hmm. It is not important to everybody else. It, and you, it, and you it can still you can be. still enjoy it and appreciate it without that being the thing that stuff that sticks out to you. There's certain things that stick out to me about comedies. Mm-hmm. That you care like about stuff that I could care less about. Right. But it's important to you. You care about costuming. Of course. You care about consistency. Mm-hmm. Something never even. <laughs> I don't care. Right. I don't care about any of that. Right. Um, I care stuff about like great characters motivations and these things. Are right. Important, right. But it doesn't mean that because you don't care about certain things that you that the movie failed at,
0: at doing it. So just like how when you think about Molly's game. Yes. You remember scenes, you remember the scenes that were important, you can piece it together. But that's me, because I watch movies, I have 200 movies a year. I, I, don't, I, I obviously do that. Well, of course. But those same type of things are the same for musicals. You should be able to point out, like, oh, it was this song, this song, and this song. Just but, like you would if you it think, were a movie. Okay,
1: let's use a mod game as an example. Okay. There's certain poker stuff in mod games that you remember that I, I don't care. And I'm not going to remember it. But okay. you remember because you love poker. Yes. It, it tugged at your poker heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Same with musicals. There will be people who don't care about the songs that much. I don't care about the songs that mm-hmm. much. I don't care about songs as I watch them. But much like but what I what I do personally mm-hmm. is I go listen to the soundtrack. Of course. Cause I'm not really hearing the songs as I'm watching the movie. I'm I'm watching a and I'm watching how these songs play out. What they say about the film, mm-hmm. what they're saying about a certain situations. Like there's that scene when it's that Adele song that they play when she comes out and sings. Right. But more important than the song, however, is watching her sing and watching Michelle Williams and watching Hugh Jackman and mm-hmm. watching their reactions to what's happening on stage. That's way more important in the context of the film than the actual song that's playing. So it's the original song that you feel like should be...
0: You feel like the original song should be... Should be the ones that are memorable because those are the ones that are unique. Those are the ones that were made for this. And so with this movie, so again, moving on to the music of this, when this started... I loved it. I immediately loved it because it was musical. Right. It is Hugh Jackman being a song and dance man that he was born to be. Yeah, he keeps doing that. Which absolutely, like, he won't stop. I love it. So I, I loved it right at the beginning. My so again, whenever I go into a musical, it starts at a hundred. Right. Unfortunately, I cannot just get away from that. You got to start enjoying these movies, man. Well, no, you no really the, do. and the thing is, like, I enjoy them. the like with musicals. I enjoyed you just it. Enjoy them, and then it, you know. So with this one, the original songs that were in this, the criticism that I have with them is a lot of them did sound very similar. Yes. And almost a little bit. Uh, They're all written like, by the same person. Uh, Yeah. And a little bit like top 40-ish only in oh, the. Oh, for sure. Like, Especially the, even the opening number. Yeah. I was like, this sounds like. A, a radio. Like, it sounds like something you would listen to on the radio. It was pinned very modern. Not oh, like yeah. Not like someone wrote like.
1: I'm writing some old timey songs. Yeah. Someone pinned a very modern song, and it, it and it I think it stands out because what we're watching is very old timey oh, yeah. looking, and, and, you watch, was like, and you're in <laughs> these folks sort of and you know it's the riffs, it's
0: mm-hmm. the cadences, everything about it, the sounds, song structure, it's yeah, all sounds like a modern, modern song. Yeah. And I wanted I I'm fine with that. I get it, but give us some of that like that old timey stuff, and that would be great, especially in the scenes where it is very reminiscent of the Gene Kelly era of musicals and the Bing Crosby and the Danny Kays. if they, if they had toned it a little bit differently. So that, that is my criticism with the music. Even the original songs sound pretty similar as the movie goes on. But it's hard. I mean, it's hard to find people who can do that. Yeah. And who can perform that luckily with this cast, everybody was solid mm-hmm. when it came to that. I mean, a Hugh Jackman. Yes. Zac Efron. I have never seen the high school musicals. This is good. He can do it. But yeah, like he, he can do it. He, he just, it. he is one of those guys who is also getting out, getting up to the point where it is like, all right, what can you not do? So you are a ridiculously good looking guy. Mm-hmm. You have a great body that he started to get after, was it neighbors that he really started to like put yeah. on some weight. Um, You can sing, you can dance, you can act. You might not be the greatest actor, but who saw it? He is solid. It was like good, good for you, man. Solid. Like, because that is a, a an ability of an actor that is not really, unfortunately, seen too much these days. Where you you back in the day, you had to be able to do everything. Mm-hmm. These days, you can pretty much <laughs> fit in your genre and stay there. Mm-hmm. So Zach Efron really surprised me. He was good. Uh, Michelle Williams was good. She she's always been good. Yeah, she's solid. Always- she only gets a couple of chance to sing, but that is not really what she is there for. No. Not at all. Her emotional beats though. Mm. Yeah. I I was really impressed Mm. uh, by that. One of the other issues I have with this is that when you see the kids, the daughters, Mm -hmm. you know, they kind of grow up in, in the ghetto, you know, this like poorer neighborhood doing laundry on the rooftop when he finally becomes famous and they get to this big house, Mm -hmm. take anybody. And you and I both know what this is like. Take somebody from the hood or from a, a lower income neighborhood Put them in a giant house. There was going to be a transitional period, and those kids just kind of eased into it. Yeah, um, gotta get it. They're kids are they malleable, but just you know, part of my mind was like, these kids transitioned into <laughs> nobody cared about them. Kids in the movie, <laughs> nobody cared
1: about kids. Yeah, nobody. Cared. They're not even important to the story as, as far, except for like, there's this thing that he needs to reconcile with. Yeah, who they are, their character growth is like nobody cares. Yeah, uh, they're, they're fine, little actors, but no one. Yeah. The, they were, they like, were not there
0: to push no, the story forward. No, not at all. Uh, not any story arc or anything. Uh, your girl Zendaya? She's great in it. She was really good. She's really good. Uh, I still am pretty new to her. Like, I really do Most not. Most people are. Yeah. Unless, Unless you it's... watch Disney. Which I, I never did. Yeah.
1: Thank God she didn't do that Aaliyah movie she was going to do. Jesus. She was, what? Yeah, they did that Aaliyah, like, Lifetime movie. No way. Yeah. It ended up being Alexander Shipp who did it and not, uh-huh. uh, okay. not Zendaya. So.
0: Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she was really good. Um, I'm just kind of going through the cast list real quick to see if there was, I mean, everybody else, um, the guy from uh, The Get Down, yeah, her, her brother in this, yeah. he was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so everybody in the cast, especially as a musical, did well. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was impressed with that some of their acting beats were a little bit stunted. Um, but yeah. again, that was not really what they're there for. Uh, the music in it was great like I said I'm I a sucker for these 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 movies speak to me and I left this movie so happy mm-hmm. and I again unfortunately we saw this before voting yeah. before we voted for our awards this is going to be and Tim and I talked about it before at the Oscars you are going to hear a lot about this movie you're going to hear at least one song and one performance from this film mmm
1: yeah, I don't think it's necessary that the based on the movie being good. I think, well, no, the soundtrack? So the score is- I don't like, even know if it's based on the soundtrack.
0: Really? No. Because the two guys who won last year for City of Stars- I'm not
1: saying they're not good. Right. But if we see it doing Academy, I don't think it's based on that. I think the Academy is tailor-made for song and dance. Yeah. Even if there's not a musical out that year, they're going to do <laughs> right. song and dance numbers about- Straight out of Compton, like you know what I'm saying? They'll do them about wow. whatever. You know what I'm saying? They'll, they'll pick any movie and do a song and dance number before. Mm-hmm. So you have a movie that's got a song and dance number in it. It's got some fun original songs. It's definitely going to show up. Yeah, even if the movie's not even. But it's going to get like a bunch of technical nominations.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, there was a line in the movie, and I wrote this down in my notes when I read them after the theater. Uh, Hugh Jackman is has a kind of constant battle with a local critic a local theater critic who is just slamming him in the press. And Hugh Jackman says to him, and this goes back to things that you and I have talked about in this very episode. (laughs) Hugh Jackman says, a theater critic who hates the theater. Now who's the fraud? And it was this like critical moment. You and I see that frequently in, in some of the circles that we run in. Yes. I, I pick apart movies and so do you in various ways. We think about things differently but when I read some of the articles that people write about films, I'm like, why are you doing this? Like when they it feels like intentionally or like this movie was trash because this and this. Yeah. It was like, why? Like, why go like why choose to write about film if you do not care about it? Yeah. So because Tim and I do this because we love film. Yeah. We grew up on film. It means a lot to us. So but when I saw that, when I heard that line in the theater, there were a few of us because we all sit generally next to each other yeah. and like all of us kind of chuckled cuz we we're like yep we we know yeah. people like I mean, that
1: people do it for clickbait people do it for all kinds of reasons yeah.
0: they want to be the contrarian they want to you know ruin
1: somebody's perfect Rotten tomato score they want right. to do stuff um just weird it's, it's yeah. It's, it's the internet is weird so people do weird stuff on the internet but um you know it's it's about there, there's a, I think there's a level of love and appreciation for mm-hmm. stuff for me I personally enjoy storytelling I enjoy yeah. I enjoy different stories being told. I enjoy the different things that films can tell us about ourselves and about the world around us. I enjoy being able to watch a film years apart and see different things as I've grown as a person and being able to pick apart different things. I enjoy conversations with people who hate movies. Yeah. I, and and, and, and <laughs> hate a movie to its core and hearing why they hate it to its core. Prometheus. Um, <clears throat> Prometheus is one of them. Prometheus <laughs> is one of them. Uh, shout out to Jess. Uh, but there's people, you know, but I think... It leads to, and we're seeing this more now with sort of this golden age of television we're in, mm-hmm. where we're getting more interesting stories and more interesting things to talk about. Yeah, um, from the big blockbuster films, that are they're being they're smart about making those movies to to independent films like Lady Bird. That, yeah, to tell these interesting stories about pockets of life that we're not necessarily sure about or we mm-hmm. don't know enough about,
0: but yet are relatable enough. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's you know,
1: like I was telling you, man, you've got to. <laughs> you gotta just love it like like the moment I stop enjoying watching movies I'll mm-hmm. stop doing it oh for sure like I wanna enjoy it mm-hmm. like I want these movies to be good like I want as much as that crap on DC and Warner Brothers like I want them to be good I want you, you and I like, both like we I talk wanna, about that I months. want a great yeah, yeah. I, I I I hate what Fox has done with the X-Men because yes. I know there's so much
0: rich storytelling mm-hmm. Just and more than three him. stories it is not just sentinels and the phoenix and like, you know, Magneto destroying on. the world again. you know what i mean like so that's a fun much.
1: story but there's so much rich storytelling this in that and just just in that pocket of characters
0: they put the um, brotherhood in there with kevin bacon like the brotherhood like you could do your own thing with it. like but the hellfire uh, club yep, yes
1: yeah if you don't care about what you're making what's the point yeah. But when people care about the stories they're telling that's when you That's when you get stuff like Moonlight and you get stuff like Lady Bird.
0: Mm-hmm. And you get, the, you know... Shout out to A24 yeah. for putting up both of those. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm saying? You yeah. get... Original stories, original, original ideas. Original ideas.
1: Even if they're not original. An original take on something. Mm-hmm. Terminator isn't necessarily original. All right. Yeah. So Terminator 2 is a sequel that just digs deeper into this mm-hmm. story that you're telling.
0: Um, so taking these ideas and, and, and flipping them and, and telling these fun stories is why it's great. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, one last thing on greatest showman, one of my other kind of little bit knocks on it. And we talked about the music and how it sounded very radio. This is filmed to me more like a music video and not the traditional musical. It, it felt like a traditional musical in a lot of it, but the way that it would be in the middle of a dance song and dance number and then cut away to another scene while that same music is going is very music video esque. And less traditional musical.
1: Do you feel like La La Land had more traditional musical video shots in the film? I do, like when they're on that
0: hill, dancing. Yeah, the, they, I mean, the oh, penitentiary scene. Yeah, so I mean, that one. I mean, again, that was a love letter to old Hollywood. Right. So it was shot very intentionally to look like those old musicals. Right. So yeah, that, I mean, that was my criticisms for The Greatest Showman are few and far between. Uh, yeah, it, it was. It showed the strengths of what modern musicals can be i just want a little bit more diversity in the song choices um, and the mean? performances so the song the, the type of songs they're singing? the type the t- sorry the types of songs in that not the lyrics the lyrics are all great and they take you know take the story forward but they sounded similar a lot of the songs sounded similar even though they were different songs right. so that i mean yeah i just want a little more variety but do, do you think that appeals to people i think so I think that, I mean, if you hear a similar thing throughout the movie, it feels familiar. I mean, like, if I'm pitching this movie, you think Mm -hmm. these original sounding songs, do you think those type
1: of songs appeal to people? Not you, because you love music. Right. That appeals to a general audience. I I would hope so, but I I am not. Probably not. Yeah, I'm not too sure. (laughs) They're probably not going to. So. Yeah, they're probably not. Like, I remember going back and watching old musicals, like, I get it.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's not gonna necessarily appeal to people. Like, see, that's thing. Whenever I watch old musicals, which I watch all the time, yeah, and I can sing every song, and they are different and they are right. unique. That again, that is just where where it comes from. Yeah, for me. but
1: it, it it reminds me of like listening to old hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. They've got that boom bap sound, yeah, that I grew up hearing, so I'm fine with it. But my nephew would be like, "What is this? Why is he rapping like that?" Cause <laughs> right. It's not it's not it's not what he knows. Mm-hmm. And I can see someone pitching this movie and being like, "We need some more modern sounding music," because for sure we need to sell this movie. <laughs> we can't do i mean you could but that's yeah. i mean it's 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 a tougher you're playing a high wire act, and also you want to make sure the people who you've cast in the film from zendaya to whoever can do this music
0: yeah like and can if it is do the music familiar and comfortable yeah, yeah. Uh, then you,
1: i think you really you're narrowing down your actor pool if there's people who can't do that music yeah. um but i thought i thought the music was good mm-hmm. i i liked um it was such a huge production. I didn't expect that. It was yeah. really a huge
0: production. again, especially for a first time director. It was such a
1: Huge like, production um, that they really put a lot of detail into, and they did a good, good enough job. I mean, they they definitely steered away from how much of sort of uh, a bizarre person that you know
0: bizarre person was, and the the kind of atrocities yeah. that happened within PT Barnum yeah. Bailey.
1: <laughs> they sort of like go away from that um, because they make you know
0: they make PT seem like a nice guy. A nice, selfish, vindictive, selfish guy, but yeah, yes,
1: yeah. But they—they they really like it's eighty percent nice guy. In this movie, yeah. who <laughs> cares for his family and wants to wants to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought you know, Jackman was good. The supporting cast was good. Yeah. Um, the songs are fun enough. Yeah. Oh, the, song, and, and the you'll songs walk are on, catchy. It's, it's, it's a feel good movie. You walk out there feeling like, oh, that was a what a yeah. sweet story. Yeah watching because it's it's this thing you know which is the circus i don't even know if people even know about it now the, who, that is oh, the thing but like <laughs> so it's the circus mm-hmm. and then we know it ends at this some point and it's like okay so you know it's always leading towards this piece the term circus shows up mm-hmm. um the tents show up mm-hmm. all these little sort of like breadcrumbs that lead to like the circus that we knew as kids yeah um so that's fun but you know it's I don't, you know, I don't know who it's for. I mean, I
0: guess people who like musicals. I mean, it comes out of Christmas Day, or no? I think they moved it up. I think it moved, moved up a it couple up. days. Yeah. This is a perfect Christmas slash holiday movie. Yeah. The family is going to go together. They have some time off. The kids are out of school.
1: I don't even know, like, because th- you're going
0: up against Star Wars and Jumanji. Oof.
1: So that's a. Tough I think I think one, a lot two. of kids
0: might not know Jumanji. Star Wars, yes. Oh no,
1: kids know Jumanji because they know The Rock
0: and they know Kevin. Hart. Oh, okay. They I know Jumanji. Th- they will know the movie. That I guess they... Not like us when they remember the original. They yeah. just see The Rock and Kevin Hart. Yeah. They,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, That's, all, that's it.
0: Yeah. That's it. That's all you needed it. But this, that movie. this is definitely super family friendly. There are some yeah. intense moments in it, but... I mean, yeah. It, yeah, there's nothing in it that's like... Questionable or, or anything.
1: No, 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 no. It's definitely a family movie. I think... Man, I would have really dropped this in January. Yeah, because it was... Yeah, that, nothing else really out that would be better Proud Mary comes out in January that's like it yeah. there's Char- nothing out like, Charger B. Henson is not competing against you We know don't I mean like there's yeah. really nothing yeah. that's gonna like push this um, and you know people even you know post holiday post New Year's Day people are mm-hmm. always looking for something to go do Yeah, in the theater I don't want this movie it's, it's a good enough film that I hate to see it get swallowed up mm-hmm. and be something people forgot even came out this year until the Oscars show up
0: and people and they see a number performed they're like oh I don't, Yeah, I, I think, I think we'll have some legs, but I, yeah, it is up against some stiff so? competition. This is not enough, I don't know if there's enough space in the theaters for it. Yeah. That, that is going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, legitimately, I don't know if there's enough space mm-hmm.
1: in the theaters. Because with Star Wars doing the numbers it did this weekend, yeah, it's going to be around. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know <laughs> if there's enough space. For for that, and I don't even know. If did La, I don't even know if law La, I guess La Land did make money.
0: Yeah, uh, um, yeah La Land made a lot but, of money. You know, musicals
1: aren't necessarily the most profitable <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: thing to do. They're passion projects. Um, even even back in the day, yeah, like they were. Even when they had a consistent formula and a bunch of actors that were always in them, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And it, it, but it does the musical things that you know. If you're not into musicals, it's kind of annoying. Um, d- and, the, and to me, those the, those things, things like. Uh, <laughs> A, a lay moviegoer is gonna be like, "Why are you guys dancing around a bar and sliding drinks back and
0: forth?" And to me, like every time it happened, I'm just like, oh, "My life, <sighs> yeah. my life." Like, Most people
1: are like, "Can you just ask him to join your group and let's say, move now. on with the storyline?" Nope. Like, like, are you how are you feeling? Even if someone, <laughs> some character looks off in the distance and says, <laughs> "My love," you're like, oh, "Now, okay, now we've got a song where you're singing about how you're feeling." Uh, I love it. So but much. There, but there are performances like the opening number when when uh, when the woman performs at the at the, big, the mm-hmm. big performance they do um the performance at the end uh that that flow even if you're not into musicals that feel very much natural i think oh, yeah. i think most people's issues with a lot of the performances feel like they, they happen in unnatural points in the yeah. film that's always been musicals of course so if you don't love musicals you're like why are you singing on the rooftop with your kids thank you yeah um but there, there there's enough moments in this film where it feels natural mm-hmm. um if you and that work and you, you're fine with it, like, totally. Oh, here's a song yeah. you're singing and
0: it makes sense and it's a musical number and it's not crazy. Totally agree. And again, yeah. that 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 is a criticism that I have defended right. my entire life. What? Right. When they're just like, but why are they singing? Just like, do you, just go with it. Like, it just doesn't feel. It not It's. I think it's
1: a natural beat to storytelling that we're used to, no matter mm-hmm. what kind of movies you watch, yep. cartoons, whatever. And then these musicals disrupt that when there's like a song yep. about going potty you like okay there's that weird musical beat that happens in the shape of water
0: yeah that one was weird because that was one that we were not expecting i was not expecting that at all i was yeah. like what is this? but i thought it was fun i was like
1: oh this is a fun way it, it was an, to again, a again a nod to uh this character and how she wishes she could communicate a certain way and she can't i thought yeah. it was i thought it was fine yeah, yeah, i remember seeing that and being like whoa whoa, whoa yeah. Yeah. yeah out of <laughs> so nowhere, yeah." If you just showed me that clip, I'm like, what movie is this? This is mm-hmm.
0: odd. Yeah, yep. it literally is like a throwback to the, the yep. set and everything looks like an old musical. Yep, cool. All right, so Greatest Showman. Uh, official rating: good, bad, or ugly. Tim, that's good. It's good. It's worth seeing in a the theater if you like musicals. If you even if you
1: don't, it, it's like John said, it's family friendly. You can mm-hmm. go watch it. You can show it to your grandparents yeah, and they're, they're not going to be like, Oh my God, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it's, it's got enough good elements in it that it's fun and you get to see, you know, some nice
0: song. And it's a fun, like if you took all the music out, it's still a really interesting story. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah. I I absolutely agree. If you cannot already tell already, uh, definitely give this a good, it was a great musical. It was a solid movie. The performances are great. The musical numbers were great. I would, Yeah, I just wish there were a little bit more diversity in the music numbers uh, themselves. But yeah. every time, like Tim mentioned, those moments where, as he was talking about the scene where he was like, oh, why not just ask him to join? Yeah. As Tim was talking about it, like, I had this huge smile on my face because I'm just thinking about that scene, yeah. thinking about what it means. So yeah, I, I loved this this movie. Yeah, uh, I, wish, I, didn't, I didn't
1: realize you hated La La Land so much.
0: Not I hate it. I just, I really did not enjoy it. Really? At all. At all? No. Uh, I liked some I liked again those things that were reminiscent of old Hollywood. Right. But overall, it just yeah Did you I, like I, the story? No.
1: At all? No. Have you, have you and Aaron talked about this?
0: Yeah. Uh I, I try like not it? to because I know he loves that movie
1: so much. It it's weird. It's one of those movies that people hated, but black but also really spoke to people. I yeah. saw it the week of the election. Mm. And people were just down <laughs> they needed
0: and, something like yeah, that. It, and, yeah. And, I,
1: and, I'm, and if i'm honest i think that's why i appreciate it so much when i saw it because the, okay. the mood was like funky people yeah. we're in a weird funk i was like i can't believe they elected 45 like this is mm-hmm. crazy and then going to see this movie that sort of was uplifting and fun yeah. felt like oh man that's right the world is okay and it, there's their movies and it, it was i think the first movie i had seen post-election and it was just a reminder that okay things are okay like we're gonna we're gonna be okay we're,
0: we're gonna be okay. things can you know get back to normal at, at yeah. some point, and um, how could they get worse i mean and then twenty
1: seventeen happened, <laughs> but you know it was it was like like all jokes aside like it, it was such a weird vibe mm-hmm. that I remember going to see the movie and feeling uh, just some positivity, yeah, and I haven't really watched it since then, and maybe I should rewatch it and just see. Uh, but i also but i did love the ending i don't know why you hit, i thought I that had, was a brilliant way so to tell many the problems story
0: with the ending but anyway well, could we figure out how it was
1: gonna like like before the movie i think i was talking to sarah we were like how do, how does this movie end we know what mm-hmm. goes like how's it in i think sarah was saying it's a bitter it's going to be a bittersweet ending yeah. my friend Mario was
0: with me um she was like yeah i think it's gonna be a bitter bittersweet ending and it was a mm-hmm. bittersweet ending it, it was ended yeah. up ending but uh <laughs> Anyway, okay, so, that, so that, that, that wraps it up for the movie. So we talked about Darkest Hour, which I gave a good. Molly's Game, we both gave a good. The Last Jedi, we both gave a good. Greatest Showman, both gave a good as well. Yes. Uh, yeah, do you have anything coming up? Well, we talked about you're seeing Jumanji. Seeing a Jumanji mm-hmm, coming mm-hmm. up
1: very soon. Uh, I'm very
0: excited for that. That's it. I don't know what else I'm seeing. In the Are you year. excited for the announcement? By the time this airs, we will already have heard the announcement for the Seattle Film Critics Society uh, awards. So I'm excited for, for that coming up this I, week. I'm more excited because it's going to be our first actual official one, just yep. to see, like, this is going to be the first. And so,
1: whatever, this is, you know, a landmark. It's mm-hmm. the first time doing it. Um, but I, I thought uh, our group, more so than other groups, was a very diverse group pool of like (laughs) nominations which i appreciate which i appreciate
0: yeah for best picture there were 10 spots allotted 65 different films were mentioned yeah that speaks to the diversity of of our group yeah so
1: i I appreciate that so i'm I'm interested to see what happens and see who won and who didn't win it'll be it'll
0: be interesting to see yeah and so next week uh as you're listening to this the following week we will go over some of those uh wins maybe some of the snubs yeah and and go over that in some more detail cool uh so that is about all that you have coming up yeah so that's it nice that's it for me any more guest appearances on made in the 80s yeah we just did die hard on friday
1: so we talked about die hard nice. we're doing coming to america oh and then love it talking about something else star wars something okay. something star wars related at some point yeah sounds good yeah sounds and cool. where can people find you online find me the people's find me on twitter the people's critics Snapchat, Instagram, talking about movies, enjoying movies. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, As for upcoming episodes, so yeah, next week, uh, all the money in the world. Uh, I feel like there is something else coming out that I need to review, but I can't remember what it is right now. Post. Oh, yeah, the post. uh, For sure. The embargo will be up for that uh, the following week. So, yeah, look forward to that. And... Yeah, some film, film chatter about the awards. Uh, So you can follow the podcast, like I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, at about to review on all forms of social media. Follow the pod or subscribe to the podcast, like the podcast, rate and review the podcast on all forms of social or platform man podcast okay you're not not editing this out man. this is is podcast podcast. platform of choice there you go
1: podcast platform of choice
0: uh youtube.com slash about to review the latest episode on there was uh with landry q walker the author of justice league the ultimate guide uh i actually do not have any interviews lined up for the next couple weeks which is yeah kind of nice because i i I feel like i was inundating people with two episodes a week it was kind of crazy there for a bit so i'm gonna take a little bit of break from that and then the beginning of the year definitely land uh, some more interviews maybe some big time names mm-hmm. so uh for this episode of the about to review podcast i have been joined by Tim, and i have been your host as always that guy named john we'll see you next time let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby Get ourselves a treat!